Hello everyone and welcome to episode 29 of TFD Total Football Debate podcast. We have the originals back. No Cossie this week, he's on the train home. Appeared pretty gutted last week that he weren't going to be here. Um, not sure why, because his certain little team are back to uh, old ways. And who better than to have Charity FC's biggest supporters back on the show? <laughs> We've got Jason, who's uh, recovered from the case of the Morpays, I think. Is that right, Jason? You've recovered from the case of the Morpays, haven't you, mate? Of course. <laughs> And Cookie's, uh, Cookie's back after a little bit of a, a terrible run. to come back after some criticism <laughs> yeah. of last two, Jason? Oh, I mean, to be fair, I'm quite a, I'm in quite a sober mood. I think I'm going to be quite pleasant towards Norwich this week. Yeah, Cookie just conveniently wasn't here during Arsenal's little downturn. And Jason wasn't here when Morpay decided to become a striker at two very clinical times. But they're back, they're back, which means they must have won uh, this week, nudge nudge. And as for me, I don't even know why I'm doing this show. Um, I'm not watching any bloody football at the moment. Um, my t- are those? Not, not at all, no, we're just, um, it looks like we've gone full time with our stadium being, you know, something for the NHS, because it looks like we're fucking got the case of the COVID over there 24 seven these days. Uh, two games in hand we are now. We'll play them sometime. But boys, how are we generally? All right? Good. Very, very good. Yeah, we're all good. Yeah? Even happier good, 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 good. Yeah, I bet. I bet. So we'll, we'll, we'll get to that. Um, because as you know, the first first segment is the televised games. And thankfully, bearing in mind we've only got nine games to cover, not ten. Because obviously Tottenham Brighton was postponed. Um But five games were televised. So it means we've got a full house in the first segment. And then obviously we'll come to per usual middle segment and the Will of Wonder makes its return because it, for the first time since we started, wasn't on last week's show. Oh, um, I've missed it. I know, and you missed it. How gutted are you? And then in the end segment, we've obviously got three, uh, no, sorry, four games. Well, it might as well be three because one of them may as well not be worth talking about. Um, we've got four games to cover. And then I hope you've had a look, boys, because you've got two game weeks worth of predictions to make <laughs> so get your thinking caps on as to what games you'll be picking for midweek and the weekend because if you're a bt sport subscriber you'll be very happy to know that the midweek games if we end up having any are all televised which is going to be interesting across three days starting tomorrow, although it looks like Brentford Man United may already be on the verge of being called off, but we'll see. And no doubt we'll have a little touch point on that somewhere on today's show. So let's get started with last week anyway. Televised games. So I'll start with, and you know, it's not my intention for it to be the first game of the, of the game week, but I'll start there because it, well, it was a big game and it had a lot of a, uh, Excitement, I'd say, at the end. We'll start with the Brentford-Watford game. Cossie was end, ended up beating his words because he, he said a point of about Brentford going down and then he sent the infamous, I call it cookie post, because whenever cookie posts something on our WhatsApp group about someone losing, they end up winning. Um, it's like karma. Cookie's got a knack for it. But it was Cossie's turn because he jumped a little bit too early when it came to saying about 
Brentford going down after being one nil down to what um, after being one nil down they end up winning two one. So, did either of you catch the game out of interest? I did. I did. I watched the game. Not going to lie, I was initially quite concerned for Brentford. I thought they looked a team that had some of the ball, tried to make things happen, but just wouldn't click. And obviously, defensively, they just. I've been one of their biggest cheerleaders from day one. But, you know, I thought if they lose that game, and especially when they went 1-0 down, I thought they could be in a bit of trouble. Um, obviously, no Tony in the team, but kudos to them. They did turn it round. So I think it's a massive win for them because I do think had they lost that game, they would have been really dragged into it. Watford, though... A game that they should have won, and let's face it, it should have been wrapped, really. 17th now, two points off the drop. It's a big few games coming up for Watford, I think, over the next three or four weeks. Game weeks, that is. And again, you never know with Watford what Watford you're going to get and turn up. So, you know, they they need to start aiming for consistency, especially with this double game week coming up. I think it's absolutely massive for them. Um, I know one of their fixtures, I think, is Palace on Sunday or Saturday of this of this weekend. I don't know who they've got midweek off the top of my head, but you know, you Burnley in a six-pointer. So two games there really, where I mean, they're both six-pointers because they're literally six points off Palace when you know from a technical perspective. So they really need, I'd say, what four points from those two games. Otherwise, I think they're in big trouble. I think Ranieri's got some. Some work to do. Reasons to be positive, because again, Dennis and um, you know the front three, I think, on their day could do it. But can, you know, it's all well and good having it on paper. It's consistency. But I just think these next two games for Watford are critical. You know, anything less than four points, and I think they're banging trouble again. I don't think Brentford missed Tony that much in a weird way because Cossie raised this point because, you know, just to add more fuel to the fire that Cossie seems to do. He is literally like Jason Statham in football terms, isn't he? Just here to wreck shit, um, basically. Um, He's not Brentford's biggest fan, so much so his first ever comment on the TFD pod, which he first joined, was Brentford are going down, which massively contradicts Jason's... 12th place finish I think you had him at and it's scary that really Cookie I don't know if you agree but it's scary that I still don't know who to side with bearing in mind Brentford are in 10th (laughs) Brentford are in 10th place on 20 points and I'm still sitting there going I don't know whether I'm with Cossie on them going down even though I don't think they will not again not because I think they might be good enough just because again I, I just just as the bottom three look like they're starting to turn it around, they end up tailing off again. Um, but the fact that someone in temp could still go down, I mean, it says a lot for Brighton, really, doesn't it? Who are in 11th now. I know they've got a game in hand, but weren't that long ago. It seemed impossible. But if we're still saying Brentford could be pulled back in at some point, then I Brighton must be there as well. Into the Brentford. They've got mm. new stadium. They've got the fan base. They get really loud and up for it. You know, they, they seem to play for the fans at home. They get ripped apart away from home. But at home, they just find inspiration. You got the you hit the nail on the head, though, about them not missing Tony so much. Because all of a sudden, they started to play a bit, of foot, bit more football. 
instead of trying to lump it up to him, him trying to, you know, bully defenders, pull them out of place and that. They, they're too smart for that. So I think they got the ball down a little bit and played a little bit more. Do you know what? It sounds odd, but I think Brentford will be hoping that game goes ahead tomorrow. That's the best chance to play Man United, isn't it? No. I yeah, mean, I think so. I think they I they take that tomorrow, especially after seeing how Norwich got at them. I think they'll be banking on that game, uh, but not looking likely, which could disrupt Brentford's run. Um, I don't know. You know, I think they I think they'd like that home game tomorrow, but we'll see. Like I said, they're up for the home games this year. They'll be looking at six games where they think, right, we're gonna go all out to get three points. I mean, you're looking further down, even home games. You've got Aston Villa just after the new year. You've got Wolves, there's a chance there. Palace in February. So, you know, some of the away games are a little bit like, oh, the stars in their eyes a little bit. There's yeah. nothing to lose in them ones. But, you know. They've they got three games wins. in a row in the new year. They've got Newcastle, Norwich and Burnley. They could have it done by then. Um, exactly. I mean... To be fair, Jace, when you said about Watford going down, I didn't think, I, I was still like, oh, I can't see it happening. But Burnley have got a game in hand over Watford, which is against Spurs. And so they haven't won since that game against Man United where Oli lost his job. No. Four defeats in a row. You think, you think about how many games they've lost. It's crazy to think that Watford are still where they are, bearing in mind they've only won two games and they've lost, what, eight mm-hmm. in that time? But yeah. it's because all the other teams can't stop drawing. So two wins is the equivalent of... I mean, it wasn't that long ago, Jace. You were unbeaten in so many games, but they were draws. So Watford are still hanging yeah. on in there on two wins out of ten. And it still keeps them up to level pecking where you were so many games unbeaten at one point, but they were, and Southampton, but they were all draws. So in the end, those two wins out of ten are still more valuable than the five draws or the six draws. Yeah. Um, it's weird how it works, but I, I, I don't think they can do that too too much more. I think they've got to be careful. Brentford in the top half of the table, though, blows my mind, I'm not going to lie, because that, that run they were having looked like they were in a bit of trouble, but seemed to have turned it on his head a little bit again. That was obviously the Friday game, so that was a big one. Um, it needed covering just in case, because, you know, it was, it was a six-pointer, let's be fair. Um, Let's talk about one of the other teams at the bottom because it wasn't a good weekend for Newcastle. They got spanked 4-0 by probably the most hot and cold team this season. One point they looked great, the next point they looked bang average. But Madison seems to have hit that form now where he is not stopping anytime soon. Leicester 4, Newcastle 0. Not a great... well. You could say there's not a great deal to say about it, but I I didn't see a 4-0 smashing coming, not with a Leicester side this inconsistent this season. But your boy scored and got an assist, Jace. Maybe he's finally getting his chance because... Finally started a game, didn't he? Well, he started a game and let's be fair, he couldn't couldn't have done much better, could he? I mean, that's two games he started in the last, well, the last week or so. Started against Aston Villa and he started against... Newcastle, and he got a goal and assist against Newcastle, so you can't ask for much more than that. Yeah, told you, if he starts and get a run of games, he'll, he'll smash it. And, he uh, is rapid. Oh, yeah. Fuck me, he's fast. As for Madsen, I agree with you. I mean, to be honest, that performance of Leicester's 
really surprised me. Um, Newcastle looked like early doors. They might get in behind them and they had them up against the, the metaphorical back wall, as it were. But again, in a game like that, when you're away from home, when you're on top, you, you, you've got to take your chances. You've got to, you know, when you're on top, you've got to try and get that goal. Newcastle, for, I mean, I've maintained this all along, but we talked about that run back in September, I think, about Newcastle's run. It's really getting down. I mean, we're coming up to the January transfer window. Obviously, they got that win last week, which, OK, is great. But look, take that win away. They'd have been bottom of the league and six points off Watford. They didn't win both them games, either, did they? You weren't here to discuss it, but they didn't win the two games you said that were 100% necessary for them to win Burnley and Norwich they drew one of them mm. won the other one so they only got four out of the six they should have had <laughs> well let's so, the next four Liverpool at Anfield Man City at St James's Park Man United at St James's Park and then away to Everton obviously we don't know what Everton will turn up at this point but brutal. you know <laughs> a, a maximum you know <laughs> no pun intended um, maximum I find them picking up what maybe a point maybe a couple of points if they sneak something against Man United maybe depending on the situation there and then off the back of that run of fixtures in December January oh my god those first three or four games Southampton at St Mary's Watford at St James's and away to Leeds so those January games so there's seven or eight games there and Granted, against the cities, Liverpool's and United, they might not get anything. But if they go into that run of games in Jan, lose to Southampton, lose to Watford and drop points against Leeds, I think for me, that's curtains. I think they could be done and toast by the end of Jan, regardless of who they bring in. Yeah, that was their first win all season, that that win against Burnley, um, which is mad, really, when you, when you look at it that it way. Like they won the FA Cup as well. Yeah, didn't they just? Didn't they just? But they wouldn't know what that's like either. I, I don't know. I think. I think, judging by what Cossy said, he seems to feel that Newcastle fans are starting to realise they're due to go down before anything kind of picks back up. That was a Newcastle team as well that had pretty much a full side. So you know that's <laughs> that says quite a lot. So it's not even like Eddie Howe's got to wait to start working with the team he wants to work with. That is your team, mate. And four goals against a team, you know, who, let's be fair, are probably underachieving this season is is a worry. But Tielemans and Madison, I mean, can you see, Cookie, can you see Leicester holding on to them both in the summer? They'll keep hold of one. I think Tielemans is too good for that Leicester City side. I think mm. I'm surprised no one pinched him in the summer. Um but then again, you look at the top team, do you think, whose midfield does he fit into right now? I Man mean, United all day long. Man United, I suppose, yeah. He has um, to be Man United all day long. Tielemans is... is, is Man United are crying for him, I think, at this moment in time, when you look at who they is, line up with in centre midfield. It's good to see um, Madison's got his head down and got back to what he's best at. Everything went through him yesterday. All the play, he won the penalty bit dubious, but still, he was in the right place, right time. Linking the play up with Jason's boy, Dakar. Um, yeah, I mean, the only thing with Leicester is the injuries 
I mean, Johnny Evans went up down after six minutes. You know, have they got have they got enough to keep going through the busy Christmas schedule when they've already played a lot of games? I think Leicester probably... will struggle. I think Leicester will struggle this year. I think this season's a write-off in respect of Europe and top six and stuff. I think the levels come down. I think Harvey Barnes is not playing quite at the level. He has been the last couple of years. You know, Vardy's now getting older. Been on the bench yesterday. Um, Ricardo Pereira, where's he been since he had that big injury? Obviously, they lost, um, who is it, Fafana, that horrible injury. Their biggest problem since the beginning of the season has been that back line. They haven't been able to get a consistent back line together because of injuries, which, to be fair, will probably throw most teams out of, out of kilter. If they do have a transition, which we've been saying they, they're due for so long, bearing in mind the only sale they've really make, had is um, Mares and Conte. I mean, if they do make a transition, just before we move on to the next game, Vardy, Tielemans, Michael, I mean, that is a spine. They need to replace that. Madison, I was going to say as well, it's clear that he's wanted out for a couple of years now. Yeah, yeah. I mean, that's that's one of your creative players. That's your centre midfield rock, your striker, who I think they, they might have done well with Dakar, and a goalie, because I think Smichael is knocking on the door at some point. Um, Fofana, obviously, is key, and he's out, which is a shame. So mm-hmm. I think I think they've been hit pretty hard with injuries um, I mean just to run them off Vestergaard's out ill, Perez is ill Lukman ill, James Justin knee injury, Iheanacho, Fofana Benkovic, Amati that's quite a yeah, big that's list that's a whole team virtually you could play that is, and they've done very well, they've done well I mean let's be fair, where are they? they're 8th, 4 points off Arsenal in 6th and that's without that team, so fair play to them we've got to give them a bit of credit but I think they need to write it off this year and just say, right, let's let's focus. And I think they've done that with the Europa League, uh, even though they've now dropped into the Conference League, which I don't think they've banked on. Um, come on then, Cookie, let's go on mute. Let's go on mute. Oh, right. we've got a time where he has to absolutely praise that Carlos are back on top of the world now. Yeah, we've got. We'll sit quietly. Go on, James. Right, I'll let him game. have his um, moment. They caught Everton off the back. I mean, Cookie, I will bring you in at some point because you need to. You need to have a have a word as to how you lost to that team. <laughs> I'm sorry. Oh, um, um, that was a big, big game. Make no mistake about it. You know, we had that run of games where we were unbeaten in five, but I think we only won one and we drew four of them. The, obviously, the last minute equalizers, the set piece records. Obviously, we haven't won in the last three. There was a lot of pressure going into that game because if he lost that game, things looked, and the manner in which we lost against Leeds, the way we drew against Burnley, there was a lot riding on that game. And to a man, I mean, look, I I don't know if it was Palace were that good or Everton were pretty terrible bar in the last, what, 15, 20 minutes. They were awful, really. I mean... If you're an Everton fan and you travel down for that on a Sunday afternoon, bloody hell. Two key points for me. Conor Gallagher. Unbelievable. He is basically Kante and Lampard wrapped into one. He literally front to back, front to back, running back and forth, helping the, you know, 
I think it was on about 75 minutes when he trapped back and put in that massive sliding tackle and like risked all injury and he won it. I mean, the two goals, I mean, that, that third one, the second one he scored, my word. Defensively, obviously we were shaky when they got that odd goal because it wasn't necessarily bad defending. It's just the way the ball fell, but they rode the wave. That was important, I think, for the back line to ride that wave because then you start thinking, mm, is it going to be another draw again coming up? But brilliant result. I thought personally we were seeing a bit of a turnaround in Everton and my God, I, was that the team you faced last week? I don't think it was. <laughs> well, I don't, I don't understand Everton as a football club. Like, how can you go? Richarlison should have had four or five goals against us, and yet in this one he gets hauled off after an hour. I'm yeah, what did you make on that, big, by the way? What was that big all about? Issues. There is big issues. Rafford is not. There's something got. There's something been said, I think, where Richarlison thinks. I don't know. I wouldn't say he's bigger. He thinks he's bigger than the club, but is he bigger? Oh, he does. Rafa, oh, he hundred percent does. He's he got. He's got an ego problem, Richarlison. Not oh, saying yeah. that he didn't. I I do think he should have. I mean, there's there was an argument there that really Townsend wasn't playing much better anyway. So, um, and if you're going to pull one off, you don't pull off your forty million pound man, whatever he is, over the one you got for free. Having said that, luckily for Benitez, the sub worked out, didn't it, on paper? Because Ron. Well, we 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 ate our words a little bit on the chat, that's for sure. Um, But he said he was injured. Yeah, the camera had an awkward moment where it cut to Richarlison and then it cut to Benitez getting really angry. But Everton as a whole, I mean, they've spent nearly half a billion pounds on players in the last three or four years. We talk about Newcastle on spending this big money and getting three whoever they're going to bring in. But Everton have spent half a billion pounds. And where's it gotten? They're still in the bottom half of the table. I said this a couple of weeks ago. The problem with Everton, with that money they've spent, they've banked on buying the best of the rest in the Premier League. So, How would you ever progress and compete with the best if you're buying ones outside of it? In, in fairness to them, in fairness to them in some respects, when they signed Gilfie Sigurdsson, <laughs> um, yeah, I like to say something. But, for 50 million quid off the back of the Euros and the form he was in for Swansea, I actually thought, tick, good signing. Like, for Swansea, he was unplayable. Obviously, going from one club where you're the main talisman to another club, it doesn't always fit like that. And trying to gel them together doesn't always... always they didn't look like a team yesterday. They looked like a bunch of individuals... Well, the one thing that, that they're better than each other, it's almost like a competition with each other. I mean, Damari Gray stood out for me as someone who has been too overconfident after getting that winner against Arsenal. Every opportunity, if you notice, he shot on sight. Some of them were okay, but most of them were straight at Guita, really. Funny enough, funny enough, I think he's been watching Andros Townsend's highlight reel, and he because I. I was a problem with Andros Townsend at Spurs and probably a similar situation when he went to Palace, Jays. He scores one of them wonder goals. 
he then for the next five games thinks he can pull it off every time, um, which becomes a big problem. The only thing that I, I will say, and Kossi highlighted this, so you two have kind of bearing in mind you haven't been able to listen to last week's one. It's good to see you all on the same track, really, because Kossi brought the... Like, we, we were watching the game, funny enough, live. Cookie, so you'll be glad you wasn't there because we were watching the Arsenal-Everton game as we were doing the show. Kossi's big point was, what are the fans kicking off at the board for. They've done this massive walkout the money. on 20 minutes. For what? They've spent the money that a lot of clubs can't spend. What more do they want? They've spent so much money. So what, if it's the manager, they've got a great manager in there who's just happened to manage Liverpool once. They've got a board who have spent a hell of a lot of money. And I'm talking a hell of a lot. Yeah. So what are they complaining about? Just because they're not Liverpool, basically. That seems to be the yes, only thing for me. I don't know. But, well, I don't think it helps. Let's let's say that it never helps having a rival I mean, doing well, as we both know. Team. I mean, Gomez has been at Barcelona. Decore, Watford, who a lot of teams were looking at. I mean, Damari Gray at one and a half million pounds. I still think is a steal. I mean, they're missing Calvert Lewin. Let's be honest. This team is based around creativity for Calvert Lewin to put the ball in the net, and he hasn't played at all. Um, they've got a good kid in Godfrey, who I think's getting better. He is getting better, but again, he's got a the poor defence alongside him. I mean, Coleman's I think had past his prime, and he's still playing week in week out. He's there for a payday, so I, yeah. I, I just don't get it with Everton. I really don't understand where they are and where they want to be. I think the next couple of seasons for them is crucial, obviously, with uh, Brands leaving as director of football now. I think that probably tells you a lot about someone somewhere in Everton. The penny has finally dropped and it's not It's not obviously down to just the manager. Um, yeah, very odd because I look at Everton and, you know, Steve Parrish, ironically, has always said Everton is the club he aspires to be. Now, if Palace keep going on the trajectory they are over the next couple of seasons, I actually foresee a situation where, unless Everton chuck a load of money again at players, like they did a couple of years ago, teams like Palace and around them will catch up with them and it will be a kind of race to see who can break into that top eight and stuff. The next three doesn't look promising either. I mean, they've got away to Chelsea midweek, home to Leicester, and then on Boxing Day, they've got Burnley away. And Burnley at home, is they'll be up for that. And I mean, what, they're 14th in the table? They could get swamped a little bit here. If yeah, they're only seven they're points away. off. They're only seven points off. And if they lose that game to Burnley, you've got to bear in mind that that obviously bring Burnley up while Everton don't move anywhere. So you're absolutely right. They've got big games coming up, but maybe they need to, they need to target the players because... I personally don't think they're they're good enough, to be honest. Um, Come to the final two games, obviously both televised. Not that that's saying too much, to be honest. Both Manchester clubs. So, I mean, we'll go to the the first one that happened on the Saturday, which was Man City Wolves. Obviously, Man City won Wolves nil. What to say on that one? I mean, anyone want to talk yeah. about the Sterling situation and what the hell happened there? Um, it's just a battle of the penalties, isn't it? I think both games, we're just going to be talking about these penalties because you talk about 
a game week of manipulation, and it certainly looks like that's the week for manipulating certain uh, aspects of the game to benefit the big teams, I think, because that looks a little bit dodge. Is that handball nowadays? Honestly, it's just mad. I mean, in, in fairness, what Raul Jimenez has done has cost them the game because why is he getting sent off? I mean, 38 seconds between both his yellow cards. All he had to do was get out of the way. What Wolves, for me, I mean, that Raul Jimenez situation is laughable, by the way, but... Do you agree with it, first of all? Because there were people saying, oh, that he shouldn't have been sent off. And I was sitting there going, excuse me, what game are you watching? But uh, I thought he should have been, been sent off. All day long. It's not even a debate. It's not even up for debate. He literally, seconds after getting a booking, decided to stand there and take the piss. He warned him. The ref said to him, I'm going to send you off if you don't move. And he didn't move. So... I don't care about this. You can't, you shouldn't book him in. So he didn't know he had the first booking or whatever. You just don't do it. Even, I mean, <laughs> he knows he had the first booking. It's rubbish. But also for me, at that point in the game, Wolves just seemed hell bent on disrupting the game, foul after foul, getting annoyed, getting frustrated. Literally, I mean, uh, Ruben Neves, I think, was even kind of caught up in a couple of things before half time. They just seem to lose the plot. One thing to give credit for Wolves, and we covered this last week, and Wolves, bearing in mind, I mean, you've only got to look at their results. They've not done very well since they lost to Palace, right? Since then, in what? One, two, three, four, five. I mean, even if you look at it all season, Wolves' defence is one of the best defences there is in the league. They've conceded... Three goals in five games, and two of them games, well, three of them were West Ham, Liverpool, and Man City. How many goals have they scored in that time? That is my point. The last four games. That is my point. That was literally my point. The fact that they've got such a good defence in the last six games. That's a that's a theme we've discussed throughout the whole season. They were drawing all the time. They couldn't get the goal, and when they do get the goal, it's only one. It's not two. So, worst scoring team above Norwich and net. That will come nice. back to haunt them if they don't if they don't start finding the back of the net. You can't bank on getting nil nils every single week. I know it's not for the want of trying, but to be honest, Raúl Jiménez he hasn't been the same since he's come back from that injury. I mean, we all know he he wasn't ever going to hit the ground running anyway, and it was going to take time. Huang was obviously the one that everyone thought was going to pick up the goals. He'd done so well, but he hasn't scored since the Leeds game in October. Right. So even that's dried up. And we, we we don't need to talk about Triore. We know what happens there. He doesn't score even if he tries. Um, the I only mean, one that's left it. now is whether Neto can get back sooner or later. But they've got a lot in there. They're the natural goal scorers. You look through the squad, they've really got a lot. I mean, Podence can come off the bench. In defence of um, Bruno Large and Wolves, we say all of this, yet they're sitting in ninth and they're only six points off United in fifth. That's what I mean. If they could score uh, goals, they would have been like fourth or fifth. They'd be up there with West Ham, but they just yeah, can't score. Right. 
So, yeah, I mean, and then we obviously come to the, the other neighbours. Um, Cossie's devastated he's not to talk about this because, I mean, let's oh. give him credit. I never thought we'd be talking about Norwich having a fair shot against Man United, but I don't know about you, but I think, Jace, I saw your little exchange with Cossie on, on the group and I think Norwich are feel very hard done by oh. to not come away with Norwich anything in that game. Park. Norwich played them off the park. I thought I think Man United were terrible. Norwich, to a man, outplayed them. Make no mistake about that. They were they were brilliant. That that's the first time I've watched Norwich live, full game, taking it all in without taking the piss. And they were incredible. Interestingly for me, where Norwich lacked, I feel, when you look at the kind of front three they had, I think it was Pukey, Sergeant, and I can't remember who was on the other side. The name escapes me. But the one thing that I think Norwich would do well in January that would stand them, you know, half a chance of keeping this little thing going that they've got with Dean Smith is I noticed it with Sergeant a couple of times when he's running the channels running wide. He doesn't quite have that kind of explosiveness, that little burst of pace to get past two or three players. And you look at the teams at the bottom, Newcastle with St. Maximum, Burnley now with Cornet, you know, Palace with Zaha, Elise. It just for me, I think if they had a player that just had that little bit of explosiveness to get past one or two players, Watford with Saar. Um, Watford have a couple. Yeah. That's what I think what will keep them up, to be honest. Dennis, Saar, yeah. they're pretty rapid. So, and I just feel like with Norwich, if they had that bit of dynamism out wide based on that performance I think they'd do alright I think they'd be in a much better position but it will be that lack of cutting edge up top every time they got up top they struggled to make the I think in fairness run. for this game I think United got way too overconfident with themselves they thought they'd just turn up play and win yeah because it's 100%. knowledge 100% um, going on to United De Gea how he pulls out these saves. That pooky one, my God. How? And the, as for the penalty, I mean, look, he's he's touched Ronaldo. He hasn't pushed Ronaldo. He has touched Ronaldo. I mean, he's not pulled him down. Ronaldo knew what he was doing. He knew he'd get the touch of the hand on the back and he fell and made a play for it. Ronaldo was very clever with it, though, because he made it look very convincing in in full went, speed, I thought. Even when they went to VAR, I mean, come on. But, yeah, I mean, fair play to... The key thing is now for Norwich is bottling up that kind of performance and doing it against a team in and around them, because that's always been their problem. Obviously, they got a couple of wins, one just before Dean Smith came in and one not under Dean Smith. But... That performance against United, and I think they alluded to it match of the day, that's the performance level that they've got to bottle up and do for the rest of the season. I think they'll be really up for it tomorrow night because they've got Aston Villa. The battle with the managers, insert the ex-manager. I think, I think Norwich will, will want Smith that to go will ahead. want that one. Well, that'll be like a... That would be like a, having two home teams, wouldn't it? Because Norwich will be cheering for Bundia on the other side as well. Yeah, fucking hell. 
Yeah, they'll probably do a Dean Smith homecoming for the Aston Villa as well while they're at it. I must say, at this moment in time, I think Norwich could still go down, but they might not go down bottom. I think Newcastle could be in for a shout there. I don't know if you thought about your who's up or downs, because I think you two have got two or three even, because it was double game week. You've got three to mm. move, so maybe consider that. Um, speaking of a different segment, we do come to the middle now. So we go to, well, first of all, we come to predictions. So now I need to bring you up to speed to where you're at. This is this is where it gets really interesting because Jason, I know last time we spoke, you were <laughs> you were in dire a dire position so much so you thought Cosi might catch you up. Cosi, uh, when you last was on, was on five points, if you remember right. He's only done it what two? He had one or two. If I told you now, Cosi's on eighteen points before this week has even started. <laughs> He got a record, something like 13 points last week. He got all, so we did four predictions in game week 14 or whatever it was, and four, he got all four right in the first week. And uh, oh, I tell you, he said, he said he couldn't believe it because he's usually shit at betting. Um, if I remember rightly, Cookie, it was me and you out front, wasn't it? We were we were well, doing pretty well. I was ahead. No, you were like, oh, you're you're second. Oh, Jason, Jason, you're second two points off me now. <laughs> you got eleven points last week. <laughs> oh god, mine sucked then. So Cossie's on eighteen, Cookie, you're on twenty-three, Jason, you're on twenty-seven, and I'm on twenty-nine. What? You missed an absolute. Man. You missed an absolute worldie, and let's start it then. Brentford Watford. Jason, what was the score of Brentford Watford? 2 1 Brentford. It was, and you must know that because you said 2 1 Brentford. <laughs> so for the first time this season, Jason is currently in front. <laughs> that puts you three points. No one else got that right. No one else got even the outcome right. Cookie and Costi, uh, no, Cookie said one all. Me and Costi said Watford would win. Oh. The next game was Arsenal Southampton. So, Cookie, I'll come to you. What was the score of Arsenal Southampton? Oh, we won 3 0. You did. And funny Why enough, not? even though all of us said Arsenal would win, somehow none of us picked 3 0. We picked everything around it. I said 2 1. Jason said 3 1. Cookie said oh. 2 0. Costi said 2 1. reason, though. So, we uh, Jason is still in front because we all go up a point. But I, I um, up the Palace game, didn't I? Bloody hell! Oh, you should have gone with your heart in this one. Um, Palace Everton. Only one person got a point, not three. And uh, Jason, what was the score? Two one. Uh, three one Palace. Oh, don't do yourself a disjustice. Cookie wishes it was 2-1 because he said 2-1 until Colin Gallagher spanked it. So home. I hit the post on every single game. You got a point on that one. Uh, no one else got a point. Even Jason, Cookie. You, I know you hate this. Jason said 2-1 Everton. Oh, you wish you took that one back now, don't you, old boy? <laughs> yes, he does. And then the last one, 
Man City Wolves, of course, we all got it right, but we all thought there'd be a world of goals because the lowest scoring game we said would be 3 0 and it ended up being 1 0. Um, so we all got a point. So, Jason, for the first time this season, you finished the game week top. How on earth has this happened? He knows what he's talking about. I mean, how embarrassing is it that Cossie's missed nearly nine game weeks and he's only six points off you, Cookie? Yeah, we're f- I'm terrible. I've oh, as well. God. Wow, that is massive. So, Jason, fair play to you. You brought that right back. Like, I wish I'd have kept the scores because you smashed it last week. You and Cossie, I was like, oh, my God, you're going to go ahead of me. Um, <laughs> well, we do bring back the Wheel of Wonder. And uh, it's not a bad topic, I must say because we, we do have a bit to talk about. It just depends on where you want to go, to be honest. Um, so this week, you'll be interested to know the Will of Wonder is based around tournament football. That's the topic. That's all it is. So there's obviously three things that could come up. Don't know what they are. Um, But that's your topic. So you're kind of sitting there thinking, okay, what could this be? So all I'm going to say is, and I'm going to give you a complete option here. I'm I'm not going to say anything other than what I've noted down on the will. How you decide to interpret that is completely up to you. Okay. So I'll spin it and then we'll see how we get on. Okay, your one is simply Europa League. So how you interpret that is completely up to you because where do you start? Do you start with how it ended? Do you start with how it's about to begin? Do you start with the Champions League dropouts? What on earth? I mean, it's a tough one. I won't penalise you if you go over a minute as long as you don't go over two minutes. Cookie, you're the counting master for Jason, so I will let you do the honours. Remember, you can't penalise him as long as it... If it gets to two minutes, then you set off the siren, whatever you want to do. I'll give him some leeway. But, Jace, you can can make it as short or as long as you need it to be because we haven't got as much to say in the second half. So I will hand it over to you, Cookie. Right, Jason, are you clued up as to what you're going to say? I'm ready, just cue me in. All right, three... Two, one, let's go. Well, here we go. Um, Europa League draw was today, where the uh, dropouts from the penultimate tournament come in and, um, well, basically destroy the dreams of all the B teams that could only dream of being in the Champions League. A little bit harsh, I know. Um, If only Man United were in Atalanta's place. Um, But no. The big one, I mean, it looks like a throwback to 1996 for me when Barcelona, 97, when Barcelona last, I think, played UEFA Cup football in my time. Um, Barcelona, arguably on paper, tied the tournament, but Barcelona for the first time in, well, living memory for most, um, in the Europa League, drawn against Napoli. So on paper, probably an easy one for Napoli, but tasty game and probably the standout fixture there. Sociedad and Leipzig, that has the potential to be a cracker. Um, as I say, Atalanta, 
um, who I thought would maybe sneak through their group in the Champions League. They get through to Olympiacos. Um, Borussia Dortmund, another one um, against Rangers. Porto, Lazio um, and Sevilla, Europa League specialists in recent years, up against Dynamo. So some great teams in there, some great dropouts. Unfortunately for um, the rest that have worked hard to get there, um, their dreams may not be coming true. And if you're asking me as to who will probably win this, I am going to go Napoli. Okay, one minute 40. 100% acceptable. <laughs> They've done it as a playoff round. So the group winners, because obviously West Ham won their group, didn't they? Did I have the full draw? Oh, no, because that comes out, yeah, the new format. No, you did the full draw, but the eight there's eight teams who won their groups. They go into automatically the last 16. Bloody UEFA. I know. Fucking hell, no, I didn't even it's know that. Good. Jesus Christ. All right, Cookie, so you've got two options then. Let's see which one you get. Okay, you've got a little bit of a challenge in one, I'm not going to lie. You've got a bit of scouring for the next minute or so, Cook. You have got to talk about the domestic competitions and where they're at at this moment in time. Is that the FA Cup and League Cup? Yeah, both of them. There's a couple of games on there for sure. Uh, Hang on. Don't worry, I've got me... uh, Quality street for a rush age here. It's right. I was going to say, enjoy yourselves, boys, because this is going to be a while. I am. Hopefully not. Two minutes. Jason ain't letting you have any more time than that. I'll tell you that. <laughs> While he's doing that, Jace, come on, then. What's what's the Christmas what? chocolate of your choice? Come on. After eight or galaxy caramel from mm. the After eight's a good shout. What's the best tin? Oof, tough choice. Tough, tough choice. Put that on the wheel of wonder. Fucking hell. Oh, come on then. You've had your fun. No, 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 no. Celebrations. Good man. Yeah, I'll let you have that one. Banging. Right, Jason, you count him in then. Two, one, off you go. Right, so I'll start with the League Cup as we're coming into the quarterfinals. Finally, well, I say finally. I'd rather watch more better football than this. But anyway, you ain't... There's eight teams left next Tuesday and Wednesday. Two of them are on telly. You've got Arsenal at home to Sunderland. On the Wednesday, you've got Brentford at home to Chelsea. Liverpool at home to Leicester. And then my favourite, which I'm going to sit back and let these two rip each other apart. Tottenham versus West Ham. And there will be a new winner this year, unlike what we normally say it's the Manchester City Cup. In the FA Cup, little, there's a few more games as we're now finally getting to the third round where all the teams now, all the Premier League and all the Championship join in. And those teams that have got battled their way through can now get to the bigger ties-ish. So on Friday, Manchester City away to Swindon Town, which you can find on ITV. You've also got, on the Saturday, the televised games, Millwall versus Crystal Palace, which will make Jason very happy if he misses it, at lunchtime on ITV. You've got, in the evening, you've got Hull versus Everton on BBC. And if you're Welsh, 
Swansea versus Southampton. Why not? Have a crack on that one if you're Welsh. On Sunday, on telly, you've got West Ham versus Leeds in the afternoon. And in the evening, Nottingham Forest versus the most successful team in the competition, Arsenal, at 5.15. On Monday night, it'll be Manchester United versus Aston Villa. That You can find that on BBC One. Well, you're taking the piss now. You're on two minutes eight. What do you want? I'm sorry. Where's the timekeeper then? Yeah, where is the timekeeper? Normally he's better than that. I gave him his two minute grace and I've, I wondered where he'd end up stopped, but he got stuck in Bolton. <laughs> so without further mention of Bolton, of Bolton Abbey, of Bolton's fantastic football, Bolton Reebok football, Bolton Stadium, let's see what happens. On the telly, on the telly, up in Bolton. <laughs> what character was that? Bolt. I'm gonna have to edit this out. Fuck it out. Ah, that was brilliant. I, I like the little, uh, well played for highlighting the telly games, mate. I quite like that because I didn't realise there was that many games on TV, to be fair. I didn't um, realise um, the BBC and ITV have linked up for this, which is um, yeah, Yeah, which is good. I think they need to give more exposure to the FA Cup, to be fair. But a few tasty games there. Um Obviously, the Carabao Cup. I, I did. I unintentionally again didn't realise the fixtures were so close uh, to being played. To be honest, so that worked out quite well. Um, mm. Hey, Palace, Millwall, Jace ain't spoken to you about this properly yet. How are you feeling mm. about that one? Nice I mean, family game, that one. It'll be on the telly as well. <laughs> on the telly. Honestly, I blame my mate from Birmingham with that northern accent. Honestly, on the telly. On the telly. Um, I mean. <laughs> On paper, it's like a grand game, but we haven't played them in so long. It's, I mean, it's hardly the most explosive rivalry, is it? So-called Family Club of the Year for two years running or whatever they... PR Fucking is. joke, that is. What? What a joke. They got Family Club of the Year um, oh a few seasons ago. They're only five points off a promotion spot, you know? Ah, they ain't getting promoted. Never. You can bin them off. Right, which leaves me, oh, I'll tell you what, I had it nice and easy until today showed up because my topic is Champions League, fuck's sake. So, yeah, I mean, I'm not, I'm not going to, um, I'm probably not going to talk too much about what happened today until we finish this little segment because I think we all need to chip in on what on earth happened here. Um, but yeah, go on and count me in whoever's whoever's going for it. I'll do it because you'll go over two minutes, I reckon. That's what Jason's in tr- control. <laughs> Three, two, one, let's go. Let's start with the group, shall we? So obviously Group A, Man City, PSG tied that one up. Uh, group B, Liverpool, yeah, blah, 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 record and all that. Finished top, Atletico Madrid in second. And the so-called 
group of death because all of a sudden all those teams were on level playing field. Um, in my opinion, the group of death was certainly Group C for, for the clubs because it was such a level playing field, so much so that Dortmund haven't made it. Sporting have Ajax finishing top. They're ones to watch. Sporting second. Group D ended up finishing how we expected with Real Madrid and Inter. Unfortunately, Jason Sheriff didn't end up pulling it out of the bag. But Group E is where the story is. I'm sure Jason's covered that already. Bayern top, Benfica second, bye-bye Barcelona. We're all crying. Group F, Man United, Villarreal, Atlanta are the ones that missed out there. And Group G, Lille and Salzburg, uh, first and second. No Sevilla in there. And Group H, Juventus finishing top, which is a bit of a surprise, to be fair. Um, bearing in mind, everyone thought Chelsea would walk that group, which leaves it coming to uh, the knockout stages, which, well, caused a bit of controversy today, um, seeing as they had to do two draws. It was Salzburg buying in the end, Sporting Man City, Benfica Ajax, Chelsea Lille, Atletico Madrid, Man United, Villarreal Juventus, Inter Liverpool and the highlight PSG Real Madrid even though likely both of those teams won't end up winning it, even though they'll be sure favourites. I'll leave it there. One minute 33. So where are we at with this draw then, just quickly, because that's why I didn't really mention it, because it wasn't something that I could summarise in two minutes. So what, what are we thinking? Corrupt. Caught out? Uh, caught out, red-handed, red-faced. It is blatantly obvious they wanted the Messi-Ronaldo two gladiators of the game, two legends of the game, one one last hurrah before they retire. Come on. It, who are we trying to kid here? What about Real Madrid, though? Saying that the draw should have remained the same and the only bit they should have redone is the bit after the cock-up. So much for the Super League Real Madrid. They ended yeah. up wanting Benfica. But instead, UEFA turned around and said, no, you wanted to face all the big teams, so we'll give you PSG instead. <laughs> And now they're crying about it. Uh, taste of your own medicine. What a fucking piss take. Um, so, yeah, that is that in a nutshell, if that's what you can call it. But back to more important business. We come to the final four games of the Premier League. Let's start with the big game, because that was a good game, a proper old classic game between these two clubs, bearing in mind they both hate each other. Um, Chelsea 3 leads 2. Pretty good game, I'd say. Another week goes by where so Chelsea good. get three goals on the board. And once again, no striker scores the goal. Well, I think if you're too sh- I mean, it reminds me in a way in some respect. And I, I'm no expert on Chelsea or whatever, but it kind of reminds me of when Barcelona used to play. And they never used to play with a true centre-forward per se, that phase where Spain, well, and Spain, the national team, played with not an out-and-out striker. It was kind of three three forwards, narrow, whatever, they'd rotate, they'd mix, and, you know. But, having said that, where the concern would be for me as a Chelsea fan is if that is the way Tuchel intended on playing, I don't get where Lukaku fits in that jigsaw. And I don't think that's where he's intending and playing. I think he's intending on feeding Lukaku and Werner. It's just they've not been fit or they've not hit the ground running. But I mean, with Lukaku, he hit the ground running for a few games and he's just disappeared off the face of the earth. 
when you consider his form for Inter as well, I mean, that's what they were buying. That's what they thought they had. I'd be concerned about him, but I'd also be concerned that recently they've leaked a few goals. All of a sudden, that impenetrable defence is now they're finding little gaps and holes. Thiago Silva can't play every game. We know that. He's 37 years old. As much as they'd love him to play every game, he is a big, big factor in how well Chelsea defend, especially in the Premier He shouldn't be either. He shouldn't shouldn't be. be. Not at that age. But it is. It's, You're right, yeah. though. I mean, that's that is that is literally eight goals in three games against Leeds, Zenit, and West Ham. Just to highlight, Chelsea are currently letting eleven goals, so they're the second best defensive team. But I think the key thing to highlight here is they have conceded out of those eleven goals five goals in their last two league games. So they would have actually been on six. Two games ago, yeah, the strikers and they weren't. I mean, that's more. Leeds and West Ham. West Ham maybe, but Leeds. Mm. The striker concern is more if they're not keeping clean sheets. Yeah, yeah, I think that's the thing that's been carrying them through. To be honest, um, Leeds on the other hand, I mean, didn't have a bad double game week, did they? Jay says you very well know you weren't here to talk about that. Sorry to bring it up. Look at him; he's not team. happy. Of all the team, yeah, lovely last-minute penalty. Thanks, Gui. Um, and then, obviously, Bamford came back and got that last-ditch goal against um, Brentford. So, I mean, where where do you think Leeds are at? Obviously, it's not a lot to say against a Chelsea. If anything, it's probably not a bad little performance they put in against Chelsea. But, I mean, um, for them, because to be honest with you, I left the game and they said, oh, that's it, it's a draw, it's 2 all. I thought it was 2 all. I didn't realise Jorginho had scored the last last-minute penalty. Yeah, got a bit of a taste of their own medicine with that one, didn't they? Um, bearing in mind, they got two yeah. last-ditch goals and then they end up having that done against them. I think they'll be uh, reeling after that one and understand how Palace and Brentford felt, that's for sure. I think for Leeds, it would literally depend on Southampton and Watford and how if they get any better or if they get worse. And obviously, if they get worse, then it will be... Um, Leeds will be the ones that kind of suffer and watch their back. But at the same time, you never know what Southampton are going to turn up and then the same with Watford as well. So it's going to be a tough old season for them. But I do think kind of 14, 15th downwards, that's the kind of bottom six or seven now, I think, to fight it out. It could all flip on its head, of course, after this double game week. But that would be my prediction. Should results go the way that they could and should? You you eased that in quite nicely, to be fair, Jace, because Cookie, talk to me about Southampton then. No, they were poor. I mean, first first 20 minutes, I mean, they were pressing high, trying to force mistakes. Ironically, for the first goal, they could have probably should have nicked the ball off of us but weren't for getting it out of the back line. I mean, we finished off that chance very, very nicely. But after that, they kind of just like rolled over and took their punishment after that. Um, and they didn't really have a lot else about them, you know, going forward. I mean, I know you mentioned Adam Armstrong. He had nothing, no effect on the game. Um, there was no creativity from, I mean, Ward-Prowse was average. 
the full-backs didn't have the best of games. I mean, Willie Caballero was drafted in goal at 40 years old. That's how much of a struggle they've got in that position at the minute. But, I mean, even looking on the bench, they brought on two subs. Yeah, I just think as soon as it went 1-0, they knew it was done and dusted and just move on to bigger and better things, I think. On that case then, so coming to more off-the-field topics then, um, I mean, obviously there's not a lot to say from an Arsenal perspective. You you won a game you expected to win. You needed to win that and you got a clean sheet, bearing in mind the horrendous performance last week um, against the struggling Everton. How big of news is the Aubameyang situation with Arteta? It's the second time. The first one was the derby where he turned up late and Arteta had the balls to drop him. And he's gone away on his little trip where, in fairness, he was granted permission to go aboard. Yeah, I, I will. I was just going to say it was it was blown out of proportion a little bit. It, it shows what media the, media do because it wasn't it was for the tattoo. The it was for way. personal reasons, wasn't it? Yeah, it was done in a meaningful way. He asked permission. Arteta let him go. They agreed on all the dates and that because obviously we still live in a crazy world. I mean, a lot of clubs are up struggling with COVID issues, and he missed his flight. Rules are rules, and Arteta has got the courage to do that to him whether he's club captain or not. Personally, I think it's going to be awkward now having him as captain because moving forward, when you need the leader, is he going to be there 100%? Because he hasn't been right since his new contract. Um, I know he's had all sorts of issues, but, you know, that doesn't... I'm sure. I'm sure it wasn't the right amount of money that he deserves. I'm sure. I'm sure it's mm. not quite the four hundred thousand. It's only probably three hundred and seventy-five, isn't it? Which is a shame. Yeah. Um, yeah. But I mean, play to Arteta for sticking to yeah. his guns because he can no, easily folded in this situation. You know, oh, he's the club captain. He can do it. You know, we'll draft him in. It's an easy game this week. We'll get you a goal. No, he stuck at him. He's like, right, I'm not having you anywhere near the squad, near the stadium. And you've got to earn your way back yep. into it. No player bigger than the club kind of mentality, which is nice to see. Um, Arsenal, on the other hand, surprisingly, can't draw a game these days. Um, haven't drawn a game since Palace in October. All your games have been wins and losses. And mm -hmm. I think that's that's how somehow you're able to sort of paper them cracks a little bit. Um because let's be fair, you're not sitting too bad. Sixth place, 26 points. I think, yeah, I think to keep competing, we need seven points this week. We've got three in the bag. We need at least four more points this week to say, look, we're in this fight for fifth, fourth, fifth, sixth, you know, whatever. And what um, a game to do it on. Oh, West Ham. Oh, I mean, West Ham. Yeah. yeah, massive, massive game. And then you've got Leeds away, which you would imagine you'd like to think because you've got Norwich after Leeds. So not a bad December. Um, and then welcome to 2022, have Man City and then a Tottenham London derby. Um, yeah. I mean, welcome to the new year. So, yeah, Arsenal West Ham, massive game, really big game. I mean, you couldn't get any bigger than that, probably. Um so we'll see. Spurs obviously on your tails, one point behind you, two games in hand now, Spurs, Brighton and Burnley. So maybe that's where 
your fans might start getting a little bit irate if that goes in Spurs' favour, but we know how inconsistent they've been this season. So, exactly, exactly. Somehow got to play them. I mean, let's get this one out of the way, shall we? Because it's not really... Well, I guess there is in a sense, because I didn't think it would end this way, that's for sure. But I'm sure you'll be happy about it, Cook, because somehow Burnley-West Ham ended up being (laughs) nil-nil. Not surprised from a Burnley perspective, but definitely surprised from West Ham. I think they'll be a bit annoyed about that one. Just go and beat Chelsea and then they draw nil-nil to Burnley, Jace. Bloody hell. Yeah, I didn't see that one coming, to be honest. I thought I thought Burnley would give it a good go, but I thought West Ham, given the form they've been on, they'd end up nicking it. But Burnley are draw specialists now, aren't they? Four draws in five games? Yeah, yeah. Um, again, I mean, they've given teams good game, Burnley. I mean, Palace, they drew three all, and it's a weird one. I don't, I don't think it's the worst result in the world for West Ham, because let's not kid ourselves, Burnley is a tough place to go, and they are hard to break down. So it's not... Moyes was annoyed at that. Did you see him after that game? I'm not, yeah, I didn't see any of the post He was annoyed. He wanted that. He saw that as a missed opportunity. Well, it is coming off the back of a chair. Any other time, Jason's right. You know, you draw to Burnley, you're not going to cry about it. But you just beat Chelsea and then you draw to Burnley. You're like, yeah, oh, we're really? In, we're in just... the middle of like where freak results are happening at the minute. It's like West Ham can buy a goal, then find three at Chelsea of all places, and then they go back to not scoring again. Antonio struggling. Yeah, we highlighted this last week. He is having a tough time. I mean, let's let's not do him any dis, you know, disservice here. If Antonio Bowen and Fournals are off the ball and West Ham are sitting in fourth spot, <laughs> that's not bad going, is it? Let's be no. honest. No. Um, because if they do hit that form again, they might run away with that. Uh, it just depends on what Man United, Arsenal and Spurs do, or even Leicester for that matter, if they're only six points behind, even though I, I think that one might be over. But we'll see. OK, so the last game is the, should we call it the, the Stevie G Wankfest? <laughs> is that what we're calling this one? Um, <laughs> Liverpool 1, Villa nil. I mean, where are we at with this one? Because, what, once again, another penalty... Gets one of the big teams three points. Gerard, two wins, a loss, win, a loss. I mean, you can't really complain too much. His two losses have been Man City and Liverpool. So, and bearing in mind, there was only one goal in it. How do you think he's doing so far, Stevie? I think he's done well. I think he seems to have implemented his style of play fairly quickly and the players seem to have taken to it. So, like you say, Losses against City and Liverpool. I don't think as a Villa fan you can really ask for much more than that. I mean, he's come in. What are they on now? Nineteen points. So they've steered themselves away from the. I mean, the gap is still only eight points, but I think he. I think he's done the right thing. I think he's he's settled in well. He's saying the right things, doing the right things. Coaching set of the players seem to be happy with the coaching setup. I mean. It'll just be about consistency now. And if you can get the best out of the, you know, the players, the likes of Ollie Watkins regularly enough, the likes of um, Bundia, eventually he needs to get firing. But yeah, I think I think he's doing what he's he's come in and he, he's handled it pretty well considering. Liverpool still not top of the table, bearing in mind they have won their last one, two, three, four, five Premier League games in a row. 
So, you know, they that goes to show you how strong Man City have been. Do you think it could be a case, because I asked Cossie this last, last week, Cook, do you think it's the case of Liverpool maybe repeating that season where they just could not catch City, no matter how many games they won, because City just kept winning? Or do you think City have got the potential to crumble? It's possible. It looks like that. I mean, they've got another team in the mix with Chelsea. And if I'm right in thinking, there's an African Cup of Nations in the way as well. And if they're not top of the league when Salah and Mane go, can they keep up with Man City? Uh, it'll be difficult. Well, it will be difficult. I mean, we don't... We don't know if this African Cup of Nations is going to go ahead yet or not, because there's obviously that turmoil um, as to whether it's going to be a risk or not, depending on how the next few weeks go. I mean, just to just to sort of highlight that, that Man City game, as it currently stands, is seven games. So it's the 31st game of the season. So, I mean, they are really dragging it out um, until we get a final battle between the two teams depending on I mean, where they Chelsea are in the Champions could still League as well. be in there. Chelsea could still be in there. They've got the potential to get there like we've already highlighted. They've got if they can sort out their issues. They stay well, with Well, I mean, how about I didn't highlight this, but how about this for happy new year? Chelsea have Liverpool and Man City in their first two games of 2022. They've got Liverpool yeah. at home and then Man City away. That's their first two games. So <laughs> Big game. If they can pull off what Man City did earlier and get four points, then they would have done mm. really well. Yeah. No, I think it's not not a great deal to say on that one. It never seems to be with Liverpool because they just seem to go about their business. Um, but I think you think Jason's right with Gerard. I mean, can't really say too much when they're only two two defeats are Man City and. Um, Liverpool, to be fair. So, fair play to Villa, hanging on in there. And Liverpool, well, keeping up with the pack. We come to the end of all the games then. So, nine games, as, as we know this week. Spurs-Brighton was was postponed. Um, obviously, we go into the last segment, which is the predictions. Got two rounds of predictions to try and run off here. Um, and then you've got who's up or down. Obviously, we don't know what's going to happen with COVID. And that's the luck of the draw at the end of the day. If it happens, it happens. So just go with whatever one you fancy and we'll see how it goes. I have already got one of the games. I've actually got Cossie's game. Um, and then I will, I'm actually now in communication with Cossie and we'll give him the games as we go along and he'll tell me his score because he just didn't want to miss it. <laughs> he didn't want to miss the predictions because he was on such a good run. Um, I so, game week 17 first, and then game week 18. So, Kossi's game for game week 17, he's gone with one which I guess you're hoping to get three points on, because if you don't get one point here, you'll be pretty annoyed. But he's gone with Man City Leeds as the first game, which is a bit of an odd one. Wouldn't say many people would have thought that would be that hard to predict, but who knows these days? And he's gone 3-1 Man City. 4-1 Man City. I'm going to go 4-0 City. I'll take 2-1. Fair enough. Um, next. I'll go, I'll go. Go on then. Oh, I've gone for a battle at the bottom. I've gone Burnley-Watford. That is a big game. Massive game. Mm. 
I, I, I tell you what, game week 17, what a week to be on BT because there are about three or four games there which are huge mm -hmm. in table terms. Go on then, Cook, what was your score for that one? Burnley Watford. I am yeah. going to go with a crazy gang. I'm going to go 1 0 Watford. Just to highlight how quickly Cossie is on this, he's gone 1 0. I'm going to go 2 1 Burnley. I think I'm going to join you on that one, Chase, to be honest. I, I have a feeling that might throw a spanner in the works there. If that happens, I'll tell you what, I don't think there'll be a bigger result this weekend because that will obviously drop Watford into the bottom three, will it not? With Burnley having a game in hand still. So that's massive. Um, I'll go with mine just because I've got it there. I mean, I, I think this game's going to be big in its own right um, because... It will give us an idea as to where they're at. And I'm taking a bit of a risk here because I don't like where my where my mind's going with it either. But I've actually gone Leicester Spurs. I don't even know where to go with a result on this one yet either. Um, I think I'll be happy after what's been happening. I'll say two all. I'm going to go 3-1 Leicester. Ooh. Ouch. Just think with COVID and everything or whatever. I don't even know if it's going to go ahead, but they seem to think it might. So that's why I picked it. Cossie's gone two all, which leaves you, Cookie. Where do you go with this one? See, this one's difficult because it is difficult. What's, what's, what's the state of your mind? What the fitness levels and all that? Oh, I'm going to go one nil Leicester. I don't think there'll be a lot of goals, but I'm going to go one nil Leicester. Okay. Jason, your game. Final one of this game week. Well, it'd be rude not to fit. You're going Arsenal West Ham. Yeah. <laughs> Wanker. Go on then, what's your yeah, score? Arsenal haven't said the result yet. I'm going to say 2 -0. I'm going to go 2-1 West Ham. Cookie, where are you going? You're going to go with your heart, surely. Yeah, I'm going. Do you I, dare? Well, I think so. I think us being at home and our home record, I think with West Ham's juggles in front of goal, I'm going to go 2 0 Arsenal. Oh, clean sheet. Yeah. Oh, that's bold. He's got the old cookie dust out. Sniffing that talcum powder again. <laughs> Cossie's gone 2 all. And now we come to game week 18. I mean, the game's come thick and fast now. We ain't even got this one out of the way, and we're already predicting the one after. So. It's hard, really, because you don't know the state of the previous game. I'm not looking forward to this week either, game week 18, because we've got a horrendous game and they put it on fucking TV and all. Jason, I'll let you go first for this game. What one are you having? I'm going to go Watford Palace. Ooh, the old pre-season friendly. That one. Oh. Go on then, Jace, what are you saying? I'm going to say 2-1 Palace. Well, I predicted Watford will win this first one, didn't I? So, in typical crazy gang style, they're going to get spanked, I think. I can see it being 3-1. Palace. Palace should win this. I think they should win it. I'm going to go 2-1 Palace and all. Cossie's just sent me a message and said, fucking hell, these games are hard. Um, he said 2-0. He felt it was a hard game to call. Um, he does, yeah. He seems to think there's a load of goals coming. His game was Everton-Leicester. 
<laughs> I've got two one Leicester. I'll sit on the fence with this one. I'm gonna go one all. Two one Leicester. So two of us have agreed with one another. So Cookie and Cossie have said one all. Me and Jason have said two one. Gone and Cook, what's your game? I might have to go there. We just got. I'm sorry. Oh, fuck's sake. This is hard. I'm going Spurs Liverpool. Thank you. Appreciate that. Um, yeah, brilliant. Did, did not want two Spurs games coming out in this bloody fixture list, but fair enough. Thank you. Uh, go on then. What's your score? Go on, hit me with it. I've gone 3 0. 3 0 Spurs, is it? God, you're brave. Uh, <laughs> um. You watch. I'll text Cossie this now and he'll go, oh, finally, the first game that's easy to predict. Um, go on, Jace, what do you reckon? Spurs, Liverpool. Could be a cricket score, couldn't it? All right. Jesus Christ. <laughs> I reckon 3-1 Liverpool. Oh, and you've joined me and Cossie then. We both said 3-1 Liverpool. So, yeah, that says a lot. But you're looking forward to Sunday, aren't you? No, I'm not. I'm busy that day as well. You watch, we'll win that now. Um, which leaves my game. I was going to choose a difficult game like Newcastle Man City, but I decided not to. I will choose, however, because they should have really been picked in the previous game week because it was a tough game. But this one could be even tougher. Southampton-Brentford. Ooh. And bearing in mind, Southampton played Palace the week before. Talk about two big, big games. I'm going to go one all. I'm going to be a bit boring, but I just don't know if one of them's actually going to come out on top of that one, to be honest. I'm going to say Brentford, nick it, 2 1. Cossie's gone the other way. He said, by the way, 2 1 Southampton. <laughs> Cossie said, I'm unless gonna... they get a penalty. <laughs> I'm going to go 1 0 Brentford. Cool. Well, that's the predictions done. Some big points to be made up across two game weeks. Now we come to the final segment, which is obviously just us three. Who's up or down? I've only got one to move because I was here last week. You two have got three. I mean, my packs are all about right. You know, they're all within reason. I mean, I've got City top. I never moved them, which I'm really happy about. I'm going to go... Because I've still got West Ham as 10th here. Cool. So... Let's put... Can I just use all three picks on them? Ninth, eighth, seventh. If you want to. Yeah, I'm going to do that. That makes sense. I'm going to move... I know mine. I'm going to move Everton down because I have them in ninth at this moment in time. So that drops them to tenth, but it does move Brighton up to ninth, which obviously I'm not... But out of the two, that looks more likely to happen than Everton. Cookie, you've got three moves. Where are you going? So, I've currently got Brentford in my bottom three still. I've got them 18 for the minute. I've still got Charity FC as rock bottom. So, I'm going to move Fair. Brentford up one and put Newcastle in the bottom three, finally. Yeah. And Did I've got... Newcastle are going to hit Europa League or something at the beginning of some crazy shit, huh? Yeah, we'll forget about that. That was August. That was pre-season, <laughs> mate. I've currently got a Brighton 14th. But I've gotten below Everton and Southampton. So how high did put... you have Southampton? Bloody hell. Winning the Premier League, wasn't it? Yeah. That's true. So I'm gonna move Brighton up to 12th and move Everton and Southampton down. 
Yeah, good move. That's that done. I mean, as I said, double game week. Chase, top of prediction points. Who would have thought it? But that could change at the flick of a button. You know, Cookie, you're only bearing in mind six points off. That's And you've got how many points to, to get here? Three, six, nine, 12. So 24 points up for grabs. So it can soon change. But yeah, it's the big 3-0 for us next week. Um, it's a shame we haven't got a full house for it. If that is everything for the time being, boys, I will wrap that up there. Anything to say before you go? Palace will catch up Arsenal within the next three weeks. Until next time. <laughs> well, pleasure as always, boys. We'll leave it there. And uh, thanks for thanks. <laughs> Thanks for not going on mute there. <laughs> Cheers, mate. Ryan. Oh, uh, God's sake, yeah. Ryan, that one is. Thanks, mate. Um, speak to you later. Yeah. See you later.